Welcome to Pure Connect Podcast with Dr. Gesham Sikala, a celebrity mentor and prince. He is a businessman, humanitarian, author, speaker, television host, media personality, pastor to the stars, and global goodwill ambassador. Here, Dr. Gesham will help you understand true success and prosperity, maximize your true potential, experience God's presence, deepen your relationship with God, and learn to walk with God. Now, here is Dr. Gesham. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. We just say you are welcome to do whatever you want to do tonight. Mm-hmm. Father, use uh, Gary tonight as she shares, and uh, let us just be left with such a deposit. I just feel the presence of the Lord right now. And I just say thank you, Lord God, for, for being here in our midst. Uh, before, yes. uh, just uh, letting Pastor Gary know that Last week, we almost had Papa Gill on, but uh, uh, he was having trouble getting on. So we have to, he'll be on next week and we'll, and we'll be, uh, uh, he had a little trouble. He'd not, he hadn't used Zoom before, so he didn't know how to use it. So we're going to help him uh, get on by next week. And if you'd like to come on again, Pastor Gary, next week, have your freedom to connect with some of the people that have been on before that you already know. We get a lot of people from California and a lot of the, and a number of, of uh, I shouldn't say a lot, but a number of the pastors uh, from California come on on this call. So it's a great uh, way to reconnect. We have some other pastors on with us right now. So Pastor Gary, um, uh, if you'd like, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a little introduction. If not, you can tell us about yourself. How would you like to for me to do this? Yeah, go ahead and just say whatever you want to say, and then I'll follow up with that. Okay. Well, we also have Gershom. Gershom can also add something to Pastor Gary, but uh, 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 Pastor Gary and I met, uh, and he was helping us do some meetings in California, and he came uh, and offered us to be able to use his stage he has a he uh, has a trucking company, but he was also the pastor of a church, and uh, that uh, uh, that church in uh, Rancho Cucamonga was it, uh, Pastor yep. Gary? And yep. uh, what was the name of the church again? The Rivers Edge Church. Yes, Amen, Hallelujah. And so he was a uh, would take uh, his stage out and. Uh, offered to let us use the stage uh, at the Rose Bowl when we thought it was just going to be a small little meeting. And we were going to find out very rapidly that it wasn't going to be a small meeting. If we'd done a small meeting, we would have gotten it free. But unfortunately, well, fortunately, not unfortunately, fortunately, that's not what happened. We thought we were going to get the Rose Bowl free, but found out very quickly as the numbers started to increase that that wasn't going to be the case, and it turned from a from a meeting with uh, that wasn't going to cost us anything to a meeting that just the Rose Bowl itself without anything was seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars, and then by the time we paid for everything it was over over a million, and uh, four months before the Rose Bowl because it was one miracle after another, and I'm believing that when we do the uh, the 11-11-11 at Urbana Champagne in uh, 
that that stadium, the uh, University of, of Illinois, is going to hold, it holds already 66,000 people, and, and that we're going to be able to double what we did at the Rose Bowl. And so the, uh, but we're in a very appointed time of God, and and we saw the Lord not just do the Rose Bowl, but uh, after that, that was the Rose Bowl was just the first large meeting. We had seen large meetings for some time, but that was the first large meeting. And from then on in, a lot of the meetings were going to cost a million dollars. And the Lord always uh, showed us that he was always faithful. And uh, one of the meetings, uh, one day we'll have Alan Parker, was 450,000 people. That's a lot of people. Because from one side to the other, we, could, we couldn't see where the people started or where they ended. And uh, that was in D.C. for the Cry for Life. And we partnered with the March for Life uh, back then, uh, 2015. So uh, we've seen the Lord do many, many things. And one of them is miracles. And the Rose Bowl was a miracle from beginning to end. So uh, Pastor Gary, has, I don't want to take your punch out of the story, but uh, I, so I want to just give you your freedom to uh, uh, Pastor Gary is uh, my friend. And uh, we did a number of the Global Call Schools of the Prophets. We brought the prophets together in his church uh, in Rancho Cucamonga to do, I think, uh, one or two of the meetings. And uh, that was also a great meeting. And and uh, what I uh, uh, what uh, what is a lot like what we're doing now in Illinois is that the listening team would come together to hear from the Lord what the Lord would say we needed to happen in California. And so we had 14 different areas that were represented. And, and the first meeting that we did, the listening team with everyone, um, there were over 80 different ministries throughout California that joined us uh, at that church. It was at uh, the gathering in Corona with Pastor Ken Peters, who was a prophet himself. And, uh, uh, and he would... Uh, and we, as we met together, I, I was shocked at the number of people that came and it birthed other meetings in California. One of the things that happened in California was that everybody was always cursing the uh, San Francisco. And so our very first uh, meeting that was as the listening team was at the, uh, uh, besides the meeting at in Corona, was in San Francisco at um uh, at a church, uh, and that church was absolutely full with the prophets from all over the world. They came to bless San Francisco, uh, people that I would have never thought to come. I, I met uh, Bill Hammond through that meeting. Uh, the uh, uh, Cindy Jacobs came to that meeting. Anybody that was uh, John Paul Jackson, anybody that had any name as far as as a, a prophet at the back at that time came, that was our first global call. And then we've continued to have them uh, after that. And uh, and we did one at Pastor Gary's church and it was a enormous meeting. And, uh, 
And that those meetings changed the atmosphere in California because one of the problems that was happening in California was that there were seven major streams of the prophets in our in that state and they weren't getting along they were like always speaking down at each other and uh and finding fault with one another and they came all together uh for the global call school of the prophets once a year and and the prophets whether they spoke or not they loved coming to that meeting we had uh dick mills i mean almost anybody that was anybody uh came to those meetings and and we didn't have time for everybody, but one of the meetings that was amazing was when Shimon Perez showed up. And uh, he came to one of the meetings, and uh, at the uh, that was at the gathering with his entourage to hear what the, what the prophets had to say about Israel. And that was a meeting that also set part of the platform or the Rose Bowl, because from that meeting, he stayed on our mailing list. And for those of you who knew who General uh, Shimon uh, Perez was, he uh, he was not only the general uh, during the Seven Day War, he was also one of the presidents of it in Israel. And he showed up to our prophets, uh, Global Call School of the Prophets, and we had an opportunity to, to minister to him. And out of that meeting, <clears throat> He and he had 35 delegates come from Israel and stand on the platform. And one was the uh, deputy prime minister of Israel. His name was uh, Aaron Azerlai. And in that meet, in the meeting the day after, not in that meeting, but he presented Israel. But in the day after that meeting, he came to the Lord. He came to to Christ. And, uh, and out of that meeting, uh, the team and uh, some of us were invited back to Israel. We went nine times, wow. and we were able to do the the meeting at the Temple Mount or the Solemn Assembly at the Temple Mount. And so, you know what? We're living, if we had those types of miracles take place back in 11, 11, 11, what can we expect? God to do now? I'm asking you a question. And Pastor Gary, teach us tonight about God's supernatural visitations and what God can do, not just in miracles, but how he does divine setups and how he brings things together in such an amazing way that it can be mind-boggling. Go ahead, and and you have the floor tonight. Hello, everybody. It's uh, good to be with you guys tonight. And uh, you know, it says that signs and wonders will follow us, but then he says he also does mighty deeds. And, you know, I kind of did a little, I kind of was thinking about that one time, and I was thinking how he talks about that, and I kind of said it this way in my head, you know, signs and wonder, wonders follow us, but mighty deeds he does for me. And it's amazing when we say yes to God, no matter what our background is, I got saved in the prison system as a young man. Uh, you know, I have a lot of, you know, I have one of those stories of just God's miracles just even put me in the places he put me in, the businesses I were, you know, he had me run and, and the circles that he would place me in. And 
But when I look back, I just find that so many times <clears throat> it's in our desperation. We sing that song in the beginning was, or desperate for you. And in life, in our natural realm that we live in, you know, we try to be not desperate, right? We don't, we like our bills paid on time. We try to manage our money well. We try to avoid moments of desperation because when we do, sometimes we don't make the best decisions. Sometimes we're, you know, you know, if you're, so if you're like, if you're desperate for finances, you might sell something for half its value because you're desperate. So just we as a people don't usually make good decisions when we're desperate. But yet, in God's kingdom, being desperate really is the sweet spot. You know, the sweet spot is when we're so desperate for him, when we're put in a place where we're so hungry and reliant on him that he's our only option. And it's in those moments that he shows up in a powerful way and does things that we look back on and we says, wow, I just can't believe how you orchestrated all that together. And many times we might say yes to God and we think we, you know, we got this much of a story going into it. Like when I got enrolled with the Rose Bowl uh, uh, event, uh, now I'm going to tell the story how I got involved in that. But in the very beginning, you know, I was, I helped, you know, uh, give the insurance rider for the event. And also I had the security from men's ranch, you know, uh-huh. coming in security. And I thought that was my part. I thought, you know, that's my contribution to it. And I'm glad to be there and, and just to support it. And uh, I thought that was it. But little did I know there was much more to that story. And uh, just to backtrack how it is that I was compelled to meet you, David. Uh, I think I, I think I, you might remember how this all went down. But I had <clears throat> just a couple of years before the 11-11 event, I did that big uh billboard campaign throughout Southern California that said, cast your cares on him for he cares for you. Give your life to Jesus. And we put up 18 billboards on all the major freeways in Southern California. Um, just bring in hope. This 2009 was a very tough year for the world. Uh, there's a suicide rate was high. People's companies were collapsing and, and people just needed a sign of hope in the Lord and, uh, supernaturally through some events, uh, you know, just gave me this vision uh, for this billboard campaign and, and he's waking me up on Thanksgiving week. And I was just felt like I was the secretary and he gives me this whole plan and how to do it and to bring the body of Christ together from all different denominations to, to make to focus on these three legs, uh, parachurch ministries, the marketplace ministry and churches and bring those leaders together to put up these billboards, but without anybody getting credit. So there's nobody's names on the billboards. There's no phone numbers. There's no web addresses. It just simply said, sponsored by the Inland Empire churches who love Jesus and love you. Dr. Gaysham will continue with that word in a moment. Kindly note that you can continue to discover God's powerful truth and much more in Dr. Geshum's other resources, which include his new books, Delete the Offense and Healing Your Own Soul, a book that will bring wholeness to your being. You can get these copies on Amazon or go to www.geshumsikala.org. Now, let's get back to Dr. Geshum as he continues with today's word. 
and we put up thousands of yard signs all over the place. And then we went up in an airplane on the seventh month, and we uh, anointed the Inland Empire region with seven gallons of olive oil from a plane. And uh, we also had the first of the month, we had these riding parades too, where we, we a bunch of us on Harleys, we rode the circumference of the Inland Empire, and we all wore a shirt that said that same thing on it too. Cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. Give your life to Jesus. Well, in that process of me doing that event and trying hard not to be a lead, not to be the leader, but when God spoke it through me and gave it to me, and the response from the people, it was a supernatural response in the amount of people and the people who partnered on these billboards. It was just phenomenal. But at the same time, it was one of the toughest times in my life because I really got a front row seat to the division in the body of Christ and to hear people who weren't willing to come together and the reasons why they want to come together. And, you know, I really, I, I had to really... God showed me a lot about leaders and uh, and, the, and the challenges that they face. And he taught me a lot about grace and loving people through things and not letting my heart, my heart get hardened towards any of them. And, but it was a tough time. I mean, there was, uh, and then right after that, I started doing these kingdom first conferences where I'd bring all those same people together, put them underneath one roof and try to, you know, build unity. I really am a strong believer of Jesus's prayer request in John 17, 23 says, Father, I pray that they'll be one as you and I are one, and the world will truly know that you sent me. So to me, that sounds like revival when the body of Christ comes together. So that's been kind of personally a life, life verse for me. So I've been very passionate about unity in the body of Christ. And uh, and I just remember a few times that uh, when I had said yes to my first Kingdom First conference, and uh, I went to go check the 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 internet because uh, i had back then you know the technology wasn't where it's at today and i had to have a friend of mine or really my spiritual father larry titus he hosted the the people to buy the tickets and john bevere came out and spoke at the event and larry titus was one of the speakers and i had all these people invited and about two weeks out from that event that kingdom first conference um and a, a large church here in the area was hosting it for me. And, and so it was a pretty, I had some pretty, you know, pretty big things on the line. And about two weeks, no, about three weeks away from that starting, uh, I asked some, somebody asked me, well, how many people are signed up? I said, oh, I don't know. I have no idea. And so they said, well, you should check. So I checked and there was like 20 people signed up. And here I got this huge church, you know, had changed their schedule for me to host this event. And I got all these different people, and I'm just thinking, Lord, why'd you ask me to do this thing? I'm, this is horrible. I'm going to be the last. It's going to be John Bevere and Larry Titus speaking to 30 people in that big auditorium. I'm, I'm like, I was overwhelmed with thinking, I just wanted to get on my Harley and drive to the top of a mountain and find a rock and crawl underneath it. It was just, you know, it seemed like, oh, this is going to be a horrible situation i have no idea lord why you put that on my heart and i hung up the phone and while i'm in that emotion of just feeling like what did i say yes to which i know david has probably and and some of you guys can identify with that this you say yes to something you're like what did i get into you sometimes you feel like you jumped out of an airplane and then you're trying to figure out if you got a parachute after you jump 
so then uh, <clears throat> my phone rings. There was a guy from Salem Communications, and he said, uh, hey, I heard about this event, this Kingdom First event going on, and, and uh, I just love what you're doing, and I want to have you come on the radio show and talk about it and all this sort of stuff. He says, but I don't want to have you come on until the last two weeks. He says, because the last two weeks is when everybody signs up. And just him telling me that, I'm like, oh, really? Is that how these things go? Everybody waits till the last minute? And uh, sure enough, you know, that place was packed out. Uh, it was full of people. God did exactly what he wanted to do. And I, as a person, just grew a lot in trusting Jesus and for these big events and these big things that, that seem so big. It's like, man, how am I ever going to, you know, be able to pull this, you know, pull this off, Lord. I mean, it seems so, so big. And then what you realize is you become desperate for him. And it's in that desperation in the kingdom of God, we get a front row seat to what God is doing. That's what I love about you, David, and and those in the group. You know, you guys you guys love the front, front row seat when it comes to watching what God does. Because you're always putting yourself in situations where you have, you you get that front row seat. Well, anyhow, I had, I'd just done all that shortly before I met you, David. And I met you, David, because we had a mutual friend. I can't even remember who it was. Uh, and you, I guess you had just taught, you had just verbally agreed to the Rose Bowl or, you, or something like that. And I guess... You were going to have some, like, internally, you're like, like man, you know, you had some struggles. There were some challenges in, in moving forward. And one of my friends, our mutual friend who knew me and knew you, said, hey, Gary, I know everything you just did with all the billboard campaign and that Kingdom First Conference and all that stuff. He goes, you know, I just felt like, you know, you need to talk to this David guy and, and maybe you can be an encouragement to him because he, he – He's heading towards the Rose Bowl, and he's going to do this big event, the Rose Bowl. And, man, my heart just went out to you. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what his story is. How did, how did he end up saying yes to God to, to get the Rose Bowl? And uh, so I called you up, and I invited you to come over to the church. And we sat in the back row of my church, and we just got to get to know one another. And I said, David, tell me your story. How did you, how'd you get into this? And you began to tell me the story of meeting with some people at the cafes. There's a bunch of you. You started getting 1111 on your phone or if you're seeing 911 on your phone. And when you said 911 on the phone, I stopped you. I said, what? You guys have been getting 911 and 1111 on your, or 1111 on your phone? I said, I've been getting 911 on my phone for a handful of months now. And I kept thinking, emergency, emergency. And I'm like talking to all my leaders. Hey, is everything going okay in your department? I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to figure out why am I always seeing 911? And when you said that to me, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Well, definitely, I'm supposed to be – I need to be a part of this. You know, that's confirmation to me. And I started asking you, you know, what can I do? And so you started telling me all that stuff, and we, we conversed about what was going on. And some of the needs that you had for security and the insurance for the event. And uh, and that's how I ended up obliging uh, us to take care of that for you. And I remember when we were walking out, 
underneath the front uh, area there, you had handed me a, a flyer. And when I looked at the date, it hit me that 11-11-11 was the 10-year anniversary date of my church because I started the church I that. Yeah. on 11-11-2001. And I'm like, wow, this event's going to be on the 10-year anniversary date of when I started the church. I says, man, I'm really, man, I'm really know God's going to do something at this event. And I felt completely convinced of that, of course. And so, you know, we had our different meetings and we came together and, and all the cool stories of how God kept building that and putting the right people in at the right time. And, and just before the 11-11 event, I had to, uh, I was, I had a, pastor's cruise through the Foursquare organization we we had a pastor's cruise down all through mexico all the ports down there um, it's called the uh, i don't know something cruise um mexican korea i don't know they had a name for it but you know we took this cruise so i'm down in mexico uh and uh oh i for, let me back up a little bit just before i went on that cruise uh i went to the doctor because I went to, because uh, I've I've always had a class A truck driving because I'm I'm in the truck diesel truck repair business trucking company so I've had a class A and part of that is you have to get a physical all the time to keep your license active and so I had just went for my my physical and the doctor said to me he says hey man your heart murmur is really you know kicking up today and uh, I said heart murmur. He goes, yeah, you had a, your heart murmur is really kick, kicking up today. And I says, I don't know anything about no heart murmur. I said, you've been doing my my uh, my my little checkups all these years. He says, you never said anything to me at all about heart murmur. I goes, he goes, I haven't. He said, I thought you knew about that. And I said, no. He says, well, you better go get it checked out. So I went and got it checked out. And, and uh, it was a little Asian doctor over there in, uh, in Ranch Cucamonga. And he said, uh, he says, when I, when he, he, he did like a, a checkup on me and he says, oh, you have, uh, he goes, you have Widowmaker. And I go, Widowmaker? What? So what do you mean Widowmaker? He goes, he goes, uh, he goes, you have a, a enlarged heart. He goes, I'm going to send you to, uh, to go get it. Uh, no, I take that back. He, he checked me out. He sent me to go get a echocardiogram. And then when I came back for the results of that echocardiogram, uh, that's when he's talking to me about this. And he says, I got the, he got all the pictures. He goes, oh, you got Widowmaker. He says, you got enlarged heart. And he goes, so do you have this symptom? Do you have that symptom? Do you have this symptom? And I'm like, no, no, no. And he goes, okay. And he wrote me out a prescription. So he starts off saying, I have Widowmaker. And then I, he asks me all these questions. I say, no, 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 no. And he writes me a prescription. He says, go get this filled. I was, okay. So I go get in my truck. I put the prescription up on my visor, and I said, "When I get back from Mexico, I'll, I'll go get it. I'll go get it the, the prescription filled." So I go down on this cruise, and when I come back off the cruise, it was on the morning of 11, 11, 11. And down in Mexico, I mean, I mean, we're running to make the ship. We're doing. You know, we're on our feet, running around, doing all kinds of stuff. So I was really putting myself through some physical stuff uh, on that trip. And uh, we get back into port, 
and it was 11, 11 morning, and we just got right off the boat in Long Beach, and we went straight up to the event. And I remember I was there early, David, and I was helping out with some printing stuff and some other things, some last-minute stuff. And uh, you'd ha- you'd what you said to me that you wanted me to come on the stage about I don't know two two thirty or something like that and share a few words. And I was sitting with Papa Gill in the stands. And uh, so me and him are just sitting there together and we're watching everything that was going on. And of course I had there was up up above me farther were a bunch of people from my church that had come out a part uh, to be a part of it. And wow. I turned to Papa Gill and I said. Uh, so Papa Gill, I says, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And I walked down into the bathroom. And as I, I wash my hands, I'm coming out. I start to look to the left and to the right to look for some of my guys doing security so they could rotate on one of the guys that were outside of the event to go inside, the guys inside to come outside so everybody could enjoy what was going on inside. I look over to my left. And I start to look to my right, and before I could turn my head all the way to the right to even look, I was gone. Uh, the The condition I had was uh, or have is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and it's an enlarged heart. And so the wall on my heart was extra thick. So a normal heart's like one centimeters thick, and mine was over two centimeters. I can't remember what it was, 2.6 or 2.9. Uh, centimeter thick and the electronic cir- current that goes through it it literally just it becomes so dense in there that it loses signal and that's why it's called sudden cardiac death because when it turns off it's like turning off a light switch and it just it turns you completely off and so okay. the next okay. thing I know, I'm, I'm laying on the uh, I I wake to um, from my side I wake up and there's all the and these there's men's faces are looking down right on me and i don't know what just happened so i tried to swing and punch him to get up. it felt like it was a an adverse condition you know me on my back and grown men over on top of me but little did i know what god was doing in that moment and what it all had happened to me and so what had happened is when i went out uh so I know I got to switch gears a little bit. So that same day, there was a, a a Christian medic. His name was Bob Ross. That that event was his day off. He wasn't scheduled to work, and he felt inside his heart that he was supposed to be there. And so he calls his boss. He goes, "Hey, boss, what's going on over there today?" He says, "He says, am I supposed to come into work? Do you need my help?" He says, Bob, no, we're good. You don't need to come in today. We're good. Enjoy your day off. And, and so uh, Bob said, first he says, oh, okay. And then he says, you know, I think I'm just supposed to be there. I'm coming to work anyhow. So he comes into work when he was told not to by his boss. He comes into work. He uh, he gets he gets to the little shack, I guess they had there, a medic shack. He tells his partner, Andy, Andy, get in the cart. Let us go to the other side of the Rose Bowl. So he drives this little cart to the other side of the Rose Bowl. This is his story. He says he got out and he says, Lord, why am I at work today? 
and he hears something. He turns around and he sees me laid out on the ground and people coming over to me. He rushes over there. And in these kind of situations, nobody thinks that you're dead right away. They think you passed out. They think something else has happened. Uh, and so it took them a little bit to figure out. No, the guy started, started turning color right away. And, and then now people are running and getting people from the church. I mean, you can imagine the situation, all kinds of people. We used to have some videos of people that took it, but we've lost track of them, of the situation that was going on. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to support the ministry and stay up to date with new episodes.